Welcome to Ben. Blockchain Education Network. The largest and longest running network of students, alumni, and professors excited about blockchain across the world. A podcast for students by students, sharing their vision that anyone, regardless of wherever they are in the world, will be able to use blockchain as a vehicle to create wealth for themselves and their communities. This is Ben. The Blockchain Education Network. All right, guys, welcome back to the Blockchain Education Network podcast. Uh, my name is Eric, and this is actually my first podcast that I'm doing uh, at this conference, even though it's day three. I'm here with David from Floating Point Group. David, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, yeah, my name is David. I work at Floating Point Group. I lead sales and partnerships, and it's great to be here. Amazing. So I ran into you when I just walked up to the Floating Point booth, and uh, I was like, hey, guys, because I knew a couple of people there, but they're not here today. But you're here, and I met you, and you also happen to be from MIT. So pretty nice coincidence. Can you tell us a bit about how you got from MIT to your, you know, to floating point? Love seeing fellow MIT grads, fellow MIT alum. Went to business school at MIT, studied finance at Sloan, got my MBA there, and was interested in going to finance. Worked at Bridgewater Associates right after business school. It was a really great experience. But after some time there, I was looking for some new work was really just looking to stay in traditional finance, maybe work at a smaller hedge fund and lead their marketing and investor relation efforts. But I connected with an MIT alum who was the founder of Floating Point Group, John Purfoy, and I met a person that was just so unique and interesting and different than anyone else I was meeting as part of my networking looking for a job that I, I had to find out more. So I started to learn more about the company, learn more about the space, and I realized that this is an industry and ecosystem where there are some incredible things happening in terms of the energy and innovation of the people. And I left traditional finance, joined Floating Point Group, and haven't looked back since. Nice. Yeah, it seems to be one way. I, I don't see anyone leaving crypto to go to traditional finance. Everyone's coming into the space. Yeah, it's, it's totally a one-way street. I mean, I think... There's just so much opportunity in terms of the responsibility you can get, the opportunity to create and build. And there's just a tremendous amount of capital and interest from traditional finance yeah. in the crypto space. So if you want to be at the cutting edge of the future of finance, uh, crypto is really where it's at. Yeah. How did you meet John? Was it a networking event? Did you reach out on LinkedIn? Uh, yeah, it was through a mutual connection. So Floating Point Group was founded by a, um, was seated in a MIT run accelerator called Delta V. And so I reached out to the manager of the Delta V program and just asked if any cool companies were hiring. She connected me to John. I just thought it was a casual networking conversation that I would talk to him. It was actually, my conversation with him was two days after my second kid was born. So I was not ready for an interview. And then John just went right into it. It was supposed to be a half hour call. We ended up talking for an hour and a half. And I, I really came away from that conversation just energized and feeling very different than any other networking conversation I had. So I, I went further down the rabbit hole, talking to more people on the team, going through the interview process, and now I'm here. Yeah. And did you see at around that time that the university itself, was it was there a lot of opportunities related to blockchain and entrepreneurs? And then, you know, for students that might be at universities where there isn't an entrepreneurship center yet or they don't have this, how would you recommend they kind of try to like enter the space and get into it? Definitely. I mean, I think there were a lot of opportunities. And the truth is, when I was in business school, I was really focused on the traditional finance side of things. So I was not very involved in a lot of the MIT activities, although I did take a class with uh, Gary Gensler, who's now the chair of the yeah. SEC. And, you know, nice. so I, I did at least have that experience. <laughs> I had lunch with him when I was a student there. He was a, we were at the, the, the first dinner when Gary first came to MIT. Oh, wow. Simon. So Simon was my, one of my professors for mm -hmm. a class. It was like a blockchain class. 
and he has the dinners with the MIT uh, Digital Currency Initiative. And Gary Gensler came in and he's like, so guys, tell me more about this Bitcoin thing. <laughs> and we all went around the room. We gave him our best pitch, you know, and I was president of the MIT Bitcoin Club. So I was like, oh, Bitcoin is this, Bitcoin is that. I, I guess it didn't work out. Too. Yeah. Um, all right. You know, hopefully you still have a line of communication and continue to help help educate yeah. them. But yeah, so I, there was a lot of opportunity at school. And I think those opportunities have, have been growing. But for me, you know, it was just sort of a happy coincidence to fall into the space. But for those that are interested in getting into crypto, there are so many companies hiring. There's so much growth right now. I think the most important thing is to just hustle, be proactive, reach out. You don't need to look for a job opening to get a job in crypto. You just need to find a company that you're excited about get to know the people that work at that company and you'll find your way to a good place. Um, whether it's, you know, through a direct connection or through an indirect connection, I recommend going to conferences, going to online networking events and literally just reaching out to people, including me, if I can be helpful at all. So do you think, you know, when you're looking for talent to hire, do you look for people that have already been doing blockchain stuff or you're looking for, do you get anyone from the traditional world and then teach them about blockchain on the job? Yeah, I'm pretty open-minded. I think there's definitely value that people bring with knowledge and a network in, in the crypto space, but there's also um, tremendous value that, you know, just maybe even like take a step back. What we do at Floating Point Group, we help institutions access crypto markets more efficiently and more securely. And that includes crypto native institutions like crypto hedge funds, but also traditional asset managers, you know, folks that are managing tens of billions of dollars and want to get into crypto in a safe and efficient way. So you don't need to have crypto experience to be able to speak to some of those audiences. And it's... It's a space that is growing and changing so much that you just need to have a hunger to learn. So whether you know stuff now or don't, the important thing is what you're going to know a month from now. And if you have a curiosity about the space, that's probably the most important thing. And second is, you know, it's just a sense of hustle. And I think the space is also just very collaborative in nature, especially our team at Floating Point Group. And you know, I'll just put a plug. We are hiring for a business development rep. So if you are interested in getting on, you know, on the floor of a team that's growing fast, just close our Series A and we're looking for, you know, someone to help out with the sales, please reach out. But, but yeah, I'd say that, you know, it's more about the curiosity and excitement that you bring to the space than anything else. Yeah, and guys, you can uh, sign up for Ben Learn at uh, learn.blockchain.edu.org. We have a platform with a jobs board, courses, events, anything that you would want to get involved in this space. I have another question. So how do you see the, my favorite topic, NFTs, you know, as an asset class? Do you think that's something that hedge funds will start adding? You know, we've seen a couple of companies come forward. Was it Visa or someone that is like, hey, we just bought a CryptoPunk? It's like, why? Mm -hmm. you know, is it investment? Is it a marketing play? Like, how do you see that getting involved with the traditional hedge funds? Yeah, on, on Visa in particular, I, my hunch is that it's more of a marketing play than anything else. But as far as traditional hedge funds getting involved in NFTs, I think it, it is happening. I mean, we are talking to folks that are interested in getting NFT exposure. I think it's just about having diversified exposure to different asset classes. And NFTs are clearly an asset class that it's growing and booming. You know, where it's going to be six months from now, I have no idea. But I think there are opportunities there. And, you know, for both buy and hold strategies and active trading strategies. So I think if you can take the time to understand the tech, understand how the markets work, there are opportunities there and hedge funds are definitely starting to look at it. Are you as floating point group kind of positioning yourselves to kind of help hedge funds with that as well? Or are you staying focused on like fungible assets? We want to help our clients with any of their needs and interests in digital asset markets. So when our clients are interested in NFTs, that means we're interested in NFTs. Our focus is 100%. How can we help our clients access these markets better? So we get calls from our clients about these things, and our engineering team goes to work figuring out how we can support them. 
So they're asking you. So you're getting a lot of inbound. There's a lot of demand right now from hedge funds that want to move into the space. And I'll try to understand everything. They're probably reading about this on Twitter. Yes. Yes. There, there are people at very um, different stages of their sort of crypto journey uh, from the people that are, you know, deeper into it. They're starting to look at NFTs to those that, you know, might just want to get some exposure to some of the yields available in crypto through stablecoin lending. So we're seeing everything A to Z. And our role is to help those institutions, regardless of where they are in that journey, uh, 100% getting a lot of inbound reach out. Folks that want to open their own crypto strategies and use a platform like ours, it's really a turnkey solution where one account with Floating Point Group gives them access to a whole ecosystem of marketplaces, exchanges, and, and a safe and easy way to manage assets between those venues. Yeah. So, so Coinbase is in hot water because of their, their Lend product, but at the same time, other exchanges have their Lend products out and running. have been running for like a while. How do you think the regulatory environment is going to affect the way that, you know, that these products are rolled out and a hedge fund's willingness to participate in like yield farming and staking and lending? It definitely creates friction and slows things down when there are regulatory concerns. And probably the bigger issue is regulatory ambiguity. Right. When regulators provide clear guidance, even if it's not the guidance we necessarily want, that still is helpful because then people know what they can do and can't do. And I think that is the biggest you know, question that needs to be resolved is what is the regulator, what is regulation actually going to look like? But the ambiguity definitely makes things more difficult. That being said, it isn't slowing down interest in the space. It isn't slowing down folks from doing things that are more regulatory. You know, for example, there's ways to get Bitcoin exposure without the underlying asset with futures markets. So I think it's every fund has their own sort of risk tolerance for these sorts of things. I think the bigger the fund, the more cautious they generally are. The smaller funds are more nimble, able to make decisions um, without involving as many stakeholders. But the bigger funds are 100% still looking at the space and going through the diligence processes. We're coming up on our time. Are there any closing topics or thoughts you'd like to leave our audience with? I guess the closing thoughts are, you know, this, I mean, anyone that's listening to the podcast, I think you're a step ahead of where I was at your time because you're interested in the space. And the biggest advice I'd give is just go deeper into it, talk to more people, build relationships. There are incredible opportunities here. And this is an industry that is only going to get bigger and more relevant. The sooner you can get in, the better it will be for your career. And it's just an enjoying, enjoyable, rewarding industry to be a part of. The, the collaboration, the innovation. Again, I feel really lucky that I sort of fell into it. And like I said, I'm, I'm not looking back, just looking forward. And last thing I'd say is a plug for Floating Point Group. If you want to you know, help out with sales and be on the ground floor of a startup that's really going places, uh, please reach out. All right. Thank you, David. Really great to have you on. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Great to be here. This was another episode of Ben. Blockchain Education Network. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also, keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at BlockchainEDU. And visit our YouTube channel for more valuable blockchain content.